Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. God damn it, Rachel. <laughs> what? How are you? Oh, by the way, I got something coming for that ass, by the way. Whatever. Oh. You don't even know what I'm scared of. Oh, okay. I didn't, but the Thought Warriors know. They've shit. I already know to what the they're podcast gonna... enough. No, no, they've no. To the I don't think I've said it on this podcast. They've listened to something they've else. Listen to the podcast enough to you enough to know. And mad people have been hitting me up with ideas. It's going down. Like I'm just letting you know. Why would you guys? And I'm talking to the Thought Warriors. It was all yeah. fun. You know, we were just having mm-hmm. a little fun. It was Halloween. It was well warranted. I could see if I just randomly popped up as Freddie all the time. I did it on Halloween, to be expected. And the fact that uh-huh. you gobbers would turn against me and try to help Van in some way terrorize me, which isn't even the word that I would describe what I did to you. I just had a little fun and everybody was in on it. So are you coming for Ashley, Donnie as well? <laughs> You're not. The, the what about ism is not cool. <laughs> you, yeah. you had the mask you, you on. You hopped on but... too quick. You hopped on too quick, Donnie. <laughs> and I'll say something else. The only thing that Rachel and uh, Rachel, the only thing that Donnie and Ashley and the rest of the crew have to do is just keep the same energy when it's time for me to get you. <laughs> That's the only thing that they have to do. Literally. I'm not asking them to do nothing. Just keep the same energy when it's time for me to get you. That's the only thing, man. That's it. That's it. What was what you, nigga? You at the Laker game? Ooh, daddy. Oh, it was a father. good, What's, it was a good game too. It's a great game. Yeah. It was, I, and like, the the couple that I met that was sitting next to me, um, shout out to them, they were great. I was like, let's let this go into overtime. Please let it go. I have a lot of haters around me because I was going for the Clippers. Oh yeah. So I had a lot of hate, but I had I had a friend who quietly, but I'm gonna call him out. I, and I'm using friend loosely. It's not really a friend, but a friend in support for the Clippers who didn't really want to. He wasn't as outright with his uh, cheering as I was. But Kenny Paris, he was on the other side of the game. He said he is a Lakers, he's a Los Angeles sports fan. But he yeah, was bullshit. But he was rooting Shout for the he was rooting for the Clippers. Yeah, I've seen Kenya Clippers games before. I don't respect it. I respect Kenya Barris a lot, but the Clippers are stacked. And it's actually a shame. I'm just gonna stacked. Do you disagree? I mean, the Lakers have a young. You the Lakers have a younger team. Hmm? Like, like you're talking about when the Clippers get James Harden, they'll be stacked like a stripper in Deja Vu. James Harden will like that. Russ, Paul George, uh, Harden when he comes, who's already making going viral. Stop it, and man! I have to be able to say the word oh "come" God. and you not wow. just have a fit. I just have to be able to use that word. And, and you just started this. It's like starting the last two weeks. I don't know what's up with you and that word. Come on, man. You got big things on the horizon. You can't be laughing every time somebody says come. <laughs> it's just funny. It's because we the strippers. I'm 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 not well. Go ahead. I, you aren't. You, you like aren't. the clippers. But think yes. Paul George, Russ, Harden, um, Fellow Texas Longhorn, PJ Tucker now on the team. Uh, Kawhi, Powell. Powell had a great game last night. Yeah. It was PJ Tucker. 
PJ Tucker, motherfucker. Look, here's <laughs> you are um, okay. <laughs> I'm not okay. Look, yeah, the so- Clippers will fail. The Clippers will fail. Well, they failed last night. They, they will fail. The belief in the Clippers is it's like the impossible dream. The thing with Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, fantastic basketball player. When he's playing his best, I really don't think that there's anybody better. He dominates the game, imposes his will. Great shooter, physical specimen, uses his shoulder to muscle defenders, gets to his spots, makes shots, almost nothing you can do to stop him. But if you look at the game last night, the Clippers have this black cloud over their organization to where they just find ways to fuck up. And I'm going to believe that about them until proven otherwise. They're going to have to go get it done. The low management thing is not going to be an issue this year. The team has a lot of talent on paper. Those are, uh, Russ is playing without the ball a little bit more. He's not needing to score as much to feel good about his game. So if you have a facilitator like Harden out there and somebody else who can take a guy off the dribble ISO and hit open threes, you would think that that would compliment George and all of those guys. Zubac's very steady. They have a great team. Zubac, they have a team yeah. that that should be able to make a run. Obviously, they have um, Terrence Mann. They have a lot of players there. They have guys that are, that are good. I just don't believe in the Clippers. I don't believe in the Clippers. I think the Clippers were dumb as fuck for the Harden trade. I thought it was a bad situation for them. There's just no fucking reason to believe in James Harden right now at all. I agree like, with that. At all. Right. I'm just, I guess I'm just hoping that this is it for him, right? Like it wasn't good for him in Philly and maybe LA is where he needs to be. Um, Seems like he wants to be here. So I'm just, I am having a positive outlook for what Harden can bring to the team. Um, Obviously, he and Russell have played together before, so that's how'd that. you get how'd you get how'd you get on the floor of the fucking Laker game? Now, don't no. I had the hookup. The Who's the hookup? Don't I can't reveal my sources. Okay, who did you go with? I went with myself. You went to the game by yourself. Yeah. So there was nobody with you at the game. I spoke to people I knew. So there was one seat, and you sat in. Yeah. Horseshit. Don't believe me. I don't understand. Don't, I don't understand. Don't. So you got a single ticket to a basketball game and you went you would were you, there by Would yourself. you turn down a single ticket to sit on the floor for the Lakers versus I'm, the Clippers? Would you turn that down? I'm not down? going by myself. I'm not going by myself. Okay. Well, Number I clearly one, saw you, people I knew. But, but you didn't go by yourself. This is bullshit. Why do you say that? Because I know. Because you, you're trying to avoid the elephant in the room. What's the elephant in the room? That once again you were courtside, <laughs> and, Br- and and Brian was poolside <laughs> at the house chilling. You're zero for two in taking this nigga to courtside games. Okay, zero for two. He loves basketball. He loves LeBron. If I had the tickets on my own, naturally Brian would be the plus one. But you know what? If mm. Brian got tickets, I couldn't even fault him for not taking me. I wouldn't even be mad. This now the whole thing is is re-energized now. I'm going to Vegas for the finals of the NBA in season tournament. Me and Brian. That's it. Crocodile Wait, what tournament? Vegas. Don't worry about it. So you're not even up on your shit. 
That's sure That's what not. I'm talking about. You're not even up on your shit. You don't even know. You don't even know what's happening in the. They got the in season tournament this year. They have an NBA in season tournament, and it, it, and they, I didn't know it was well, in Vegas. The finals are in Vegas, should I say? But the games, I think the first game, Donnie, the first games of the in season tournament are Friday. All it's over like, the place. Oh, I don't know when they start, but, it's, but I do it's, think they're all over the place. Thank you, Fr- Donnie. But it's on Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday situation. It's like a, all they over do the Fridays place. And then they have them. But the games are just regular season games, and then the end of it is in Vegas. I didn't know the, that. The, the, the end season tournament. There you go. I'm going with Brian. I'm going with Brian. We're going to go to the Brian. sphere. I don't, y'all have a time. Mm-hmm. You and Kalika are going to have to go see Usher, and then me and Brian are going to go to the You need to handle that, things. though. See? See how you are? <laughs> it's not for me, it's for Kalika. Yeah. You need um, to handle that. You need to tell handle everybody that. why you're off today. You've been traveling. You've been back yeah, and forth. Yeah, I went to New York. Yeah, I went to New York. I went to New York Tuesday, and then I, I did some work yesterday, and then I came back, and so now I'm a little loopy, a little loopy. But you were loop. feeling yourself in New York. How you posted a whole selfie? Yeah, you were feeling yourself. You thought you looked good. I did. And you wanted all it's the people, all. and you wanted all the people to know too. I'm just scrolling it's, through Instagram. I said, oh. Yeah. Oh, that was one of those felt cute, might delete later posts. Nah, it's not getting deleted, daddy. <laughs> oh, I have something to say before we get into the big deal of the day. Mm-hmm. I want all of y'all to know that y'all are bad parents. And Donnie, we're breaking this out. I want you guys to know that you're bad parents. You, you're bad parents. I posted a video on Instagram of a gentleman dressed up like, I think it was Pennywise the Clown. Oh, and yeah. he had a fake chainsaw and he was scaring the shit out of a black child. And there were parents in the comments that were like, that's funny to me. Scaring kids. Rachel, where do you stand on scaring kids? I'm indifferent. <laughs> in a family where they used to scare us. Like, I remember as a kid walking into a bathroom and my uncle had put like red, it was like ketchup all over the mirror. So when he turned on the lights, I thought it was blood. Like, that's the kind of stuff that they would do. Like, okay. And so I just, but I, I, to this day, I'm not a scary person. I love to be scared. So I guess I just come from a different place. I, didn't, I wasn't allowed Maybe, to watch yeah. Freddy Krueger and, and Michael Myers. And so I didn't have that. Didn't I tell you that time that my sister went to go see uh, Halloween and I put the, the paper towel over my face and cut out the eyes and tied a butcher knife and hid behind the big Scaring yard? each other is one thing. Having your parents deliver that type of fear <laughs> to you, I actually went and looked it up. Okay. And it's called psychological maltreatment. It's a form of trauma that can have lifelong health effects. They've studied this. They've studied the results of scaring the shit out of children by their parents for no fucking reason. And guess what? Obviously, it's bad. So this is what I'll tell you guys. Go look it up. The science is all out there what for age? you. I looked it up. We're talking about from a toddler age on up to like eight years old. 
like scaring these kids at the point that they're supposed to be building trust and terrifying <laughs> them like that is fucked up. Look, I'm telling you now, in case you didn't know, they've studied this and it's bad. Now you know. You know that you're fucking up your kids. I saw people in the comments like, they terrorize us all day. Why can't we get them back? Okay, that's too much. Now that's, it's, it shouldn't be a vengeful thing. It should be in fun. That's too much. These, these little motherfuckers about to be savage in the block. That's too much. Now They about to be some savages. Eight is too old. Eight is old enough. Matter of fact, I'm going to have Freddie visit my nephews for Christmas. And I'll let you know how they react. That's fine. All right. See when niggas come up, when, when niggas get that inglique, <laughs> when you ask them what they want for Christmas and, and like they're 10, 11 years old and they're like, yo, I need to get strapped on Rach because I'm terrorizing motherfuckers. You terrorize me, I terrorize somebody else. All people do is give the trauma back. You give trauma to somebody and they just give the trauma back. Trauma is the gift that keeps on giving. See? That's fine. <laughs> Big deal of the day. Oh, Joe Biden. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All right, uh, Joe. We're not going to spend too much time on this. <laughs> Wait, why? Because, 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 you're not, man. because you're not okay? Joe, Joe getting on my fucking nerves, Yeah, bro. no shit. You keep talking about Joe Biden. You keep talking about him. He was speaking in Minneapolis, and there was a protester that asked him, protester that claimed to be a rab rabbi that asked him about the possibility of a ceasefire in Gaza. Here is the question from the protest. Mr. President, oh if we care about Jewish people as a rabbi, I need you to call for a ceasefire right now. Joe Biden's response to this was, I think we need a pause. And this has been described by the White House as a humanitarian pause. When asked to, to broaden the idea, he said, means Give time to get the prisoners out. The White House later clarified that Joe meant get the hostages out and deliver humanitarian aid. Rachel, before we dig deeper into <laughs> this, just off top, what are your thoughts here? About him specifically, because you want me to be general, specifically about him saying humanitarian pause or the fact that the White House had to correct what he meant. Which one is it, Fan? Because I know Which you one have do a feel, you want to talk you about, have a feel, I know you are upset that once again, the, right the White House had to say, well, what he meant to say was this. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
I think Biden was caught off guard by the quote unquote heckler. He said humanitarian pause. When I hear Biden say humanitarian pause, I don't even need the White House to come and say, well, what he meant was this. I think humanitarian pause, or he said pause, they're saying humanitarian pause. I think that is such a political term. It's playing the fence. Playing the fence. Okay, am I okay? He's riding the fence by using the term political humanitarian. And I got to be able to talk. That's what making okay. everything I say okay. sexual. Okay, okay. No, it's just, I'm on, I've been watching too much of the camera on May shit, man. It's, it's, that's what is it that is. What Shout they out do to Israel. Yeah, man, I've been watching too much That's of it. That's frustrating to me. Just and we've been doing it on we've been doing it on Midnight Boys a lot too. I'm sorry, it's borderline homophobic. I shouldn't be doing yeah, it anyway. Like, so, so go ahead. Go okay. ahead when I man hear just it, grew up. basically when I hear him say pause or humanitarian pause, this is a political move to me. Wait, you say pause? We came out of it. We, okay, we're being serious. This is a very serious issue. Guys. It's a political stance to me. He is mm-hmm. walking the line here. He's trying because if you're paying attention to what's happening, this is affecting Biden here in the states. In regards, we touched on this a little bit. In regards to getting support from Muslims, huge organizations are are calling for Biden to condemn the actions of Israel. They are demanding that Biden take back certain things that he has said that they feel like Mm -hmm. are harmful to the community. And there's a lot of pressure on Biden to speak more in line of support of Muslims. Uh, So he's getting the pressure when it comes to them. So he's walking that line because he's trying to say something that doesn't offend Muslims. But he's also walking the line because he's also not right calling He's not outright calling for a ceasefire because he doesn't want to upset the Israeli government, who he has stood beside since October 7th. So when I heard this, just in a general sense, when I heard this comment, I thought that's a political term. And he's just saying that because he doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. Yeah. So 9,000 people have been killed. Over 3,000 children. That's information according to the Gaza Health Ministry. Um, This is my thing. I'm starting to believe that this issue is Biden's COVID. Okay. Tell you what I mean. We all knew that Donald Trump was incompetent, right? We knew that Donald Trump wasn't a sufficient or qualified leader. He just doesn't have it leadership-wise. Court jester, perfect. Even reckless billionaire. Central casting for that. Leader of the free world, not so much. There's a compassion switch missing. There's a capability switch missing. There's a deliberateness that's missing. And there's a selflessness that's missing. Uh, every president is narcissistic to a degree. You have to think that you could lead the entire world, that everybody should vote for you. But at the same time, you want people to conduct themselves in that job with their eye on the larger prize. All of that stuff crystallized about Donald Trump when COVID came. Every inability that he had to, to meet the moment as a leader was exacerbated by an actual crisis where people needed clear leadership. 
They needed somebody to be able to calm them. They needed somebody to be able to take a step back, analyze the moment, and then make determinations. And every time Donald Trump got in front of a microphone, he managed to say the wrong thing. He managed to take a situation that was already going to be bad and make it markedly worse by his inability to meet the moment as a moral, political, or rhetorical leader. Not to that degree, but I think we're seeing a little bit of that with President Biden. I personally believe here that the White House is incapable of setting a standard for America as it relates to this issue. Humanitarian pause doesn't even mean anything. No, it does not. How long does humanitarian pause last? Does it last a day? Does it last two days? When he said the prisoners, he was talking about the hostages, but did he mean the prisoners, the thousands of prisoners that are being held in Israeli jails that some people are saying should be swapped for hostages that are somewhere in Gaza right now that Hamas is holding? How much aid is enough aid that would get through to people in this mystical humanitarian pause? Yeah. Like how long does it last? How much do people need? Like they're running out of everything there. Yeah. In this particular situation, we need clear definitions on not just our relationship with Israel, but our responsibilities geopolitically, like who we are, how we are going to like extinguish both the rising anti-Semitism and the rising Islamophobia that are ripping apart American communities from sea to shining sea right now. We need people that can speak to that. And I'm sorry. He can't fucking do it. I'm gonna I, I apologize that that's the reality. It's facts. He can't fucking do it. Do I like how Biden is handling it? No. Do I think that there's somebody who would do it in a different way, who has a chance to actually win the presidency in the 2024 election? No, I stand by what I said in the last podcast. I think anybody who is in that position is going to be, is going to politicize it. I have an issue with the way that Biden's handling it because I stand by what I also said and that he's playing both sides with the term humanitarian pause. I watched Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, Anthony Blinken talk about, he's going over there and he's talking about critical steps. They're going to take critical steps. What does that look like? Because when you say humanitarian pause, and this is the things I have an issue with, you talk about aid. What kind of aid? Is it food? Is it internet? Is it electricity? Is it fuel, which we know that Israel has said they don't want to do that. They don't want to give fuel. Is it safe havens? Because something that uh, Netanyahu is saying is that they're safe havens, but you have people who've come out of Gaza who have been rescued or have escaped and have said there is nowhere safe for them to be in Gaza. Nowhere. So what does humanitarian aid? And then I additionally have an issue with saying, okay, during this pause, we're going to provide resources and we're going to get out the hostages. What about the innocent civilians? What about creating a place for them, even if you can't get them out, back to the safe havens? The humanitarian pause aid should include an exit strategy for these innocent folks. We can't talk about, hey, they're innocent 
children and, and adults and these civilians that are being impacted by this, but then not offer some sort of way for them to escape this. So you're going to give them food just to keep them trapped in this place where there, where there, there's no safety for them to where the numbers go up. You can't do that. You can't say, you can't question. This is the one thing that I will say that really upset me about Biden and goes towards your argument. You can't not acknowledge the lost lives of Palestinians. You can't say, oh, that health ministry is under control of Hamas, so we can't trust those numbers. You can't say stuff like that. That contributes to people being anti-Muslim and it contributes to the hate and that they face It delegitimizes the loss of life there and makes it seem, we know that thousands of people are being killed. Right. Exactly. It doesn't so matter the what number. Is the, what is the point of trying to underplay the amount of people that are being blown to bits there? It is the responsibility of the international community to make sure that Israel prosecutes its war in a responsible way and in accordance with international law. Something else that happened press secretary was talking about Islamophobia here and made an indirect connection, an indirect connection between the Unite the Right Charlottesville rally and anti-Israel, pro-Palestine protests that are happening here in America. I, Donnie, as a matter of fact, don't listen to me. Let's listen to somebody who's actually smart absolutely brilliant talk about this Ta-Nehisi Coates went on Democracy Now which is mm-hmm. a fucking great source if you're looking at all yeah. this stuff and discussed not only his experiences when he visited Palestine and how it uh, in, him, in his opinion reminds him of the black American struggle but he also talked about this very soundbite and overall the Biden administration's response to what's going on over in Palestine right now I don't know how these people do that and sleep at night. I, I don't know how you compare people who are trying to stop a war, who are very much in the tradition of nonviolence, who are trying to stop bombs being dropped, literally, on refugee camps to neo-Nazi protesters. Uh, it's, 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 it's disgraceful, to use her own words. It's disgraceful. It's reprehensible. Um, it is offensive, as far as I am concerned, to the shoulders on on who on on those whom we stand right now. Um, I just I don't I don't I don't I don't understand it. I, I would extend this further. I mean, I I think um, hearing President Biden himself, and here I will personalize it, downplay uh, 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 the number of, of Palestinian deaths. To say that he doesn't believe the Palestinians, I, I just, when his own State Department was citing those figures only months ago, you know, I, there is, a, at, at, at some point, you know, there's that, that, that saying, when people show you who they are, you have to believe them. See, look, Ta-Nehisi Coates agrees with me. Look, the reality is that things are, are, are quickly, quickly deteriorating over there um, for everyone involved. I'd also say... Everyone pay attention to what's going on in the West Bank as well. All eyes are on Gaza. Right. But in the West Bank right now, as we speak, 
there are some settlers, other people, that would use the destabilization of the entire region and everything that's happening as an excuse to perpetuate violence against, uh, to perpetrate violence, should I say, against the Palestinians that live in the West Bank that are a com- under a completely different faction of rule. No Hamas in the West Bank. No Hamas in the West Bank. So the question would be, why is violence in the West Bank going up? No Hamas there. No Hamas. The the same type of Bantu stand, like not interconnected apartheid style regime exists there, but no Hamas. The whole thing needs voices that care about humanity and the White House can't meet the moment. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't not. I, it's just a reality. No one wants to see Donald Trump in office. No one wants to see fascism take over here in America. But the White House can't meet the moment right now. They're they're fucking they're doing terrible. It's all bad. You know, it's interesting because no, I agree with you. The White House is not meeting the moment. And I feel like they're scrambling and trying to figure out what to do because they took such a strong stance in the beginning, and rightfully so in regards to condemning a terrorist act. But they stood in that place for such a long time that they then didn't figure out what to do next in as far as taking care of what's been happening in that country. And then, I sh- country, excuse me, what's been happening in the Gaza Strip. And then also to protect the civilians that they say that they're trying to protect. There really truly is nothing in place. And I don't think that they can truly protect those civilians until they call out the problematic nature of the Israeli government. You can't do both. You can't say that you're going to do that when you have a government that's saying that they're going to do something totally different. And the fact that he's aligned himself with Netanyahu is also why they're scrambling trying to figure out what to do because they're saying one thing, but their actions are aligned with him. And he has flat out said what he wants to do to the people, and to the Gaza Strip. So there has to be a call out or some sort of separation from them and him in order to actually get the things done that you're saying that you want to do. You can't I'll do say, both. Say one more time, we can move on to Keith Lee. Israel has the right to defend itself. Israel has the right to completely decimate Hamas based upon what happened on October 7th. No one not even Israel, has the right to indiscriminately bomb women and children, striking them from the air with no type of oversight, responsibility, or consequence for any length of time that they see fit. I can't do it. They, they, you, you can't do it. Whatever the method is, is going to be, look, if there are 20,000 Hamas fighters in Gaza, I wouldn't have a problem with 20,000 tombstones. They aren't that. And we could talk about why that type of violence exists there. And I pray for peace. But Hamas earned what they're going to get. They earned it. But a lot of other people didn't. Mm-hmm. And it's up to the United States and the international community to make sure that this war is prosecuted in a way that actually cares about innocent life. All right, Rachel, people like you 
have really put done a number on Keith Lee. I'm so Can't fucking sick it. of talking about Keith Lee. People are mad at me. People are mad. Well, you're an elitist. <laughs> nah, I just don't care. I don't care. You're right. I don't like food. Somebody's like, Rachel doesn't like food. I don't like food like that. Well, I don't. I eat to survive. God. We know We know Damn. that. So I'm, I'm also not interested in what Keith Lee is doing. But people were really mad. People were really mad at they me. They were getting at you. People, and they I probably, saw some people And they probably, Twitter. too, got the fact that I really didn't care. I care wow. now what we're going to talk about because that's it's gone too far. But... Why were you... Why, you acted like you were on the payroll of Big Atlanta Food. No. Like Big Atlanta had you on their payroll. Like, no, I think... You know, Keith Lee was coming out talking about his experiences and you <laughs> was like... You was like you was on the payroll of Big Atlanta. No, I'm not on Big the payroll food. of Big Atlanta. But I think, admittingly, some of it is, I'm, I said it on the podcast, I didn't know who Keith Lee was before this story. I'm not familiar with his work. I'm not familiar what he does. So, yeah, I can't speak to all the stuff that he's done before. I'm, and I said that. I'm speaking to the video and the situation in Atlanta. And that's the only thing I'm, I'm, I'm only speaking in that context. It did right, seem like, uh, it did seem like he was hating. Damn. That's what people are saying. Keith Lee had to, he had to get y'all in line, put it in context for a lot of y'all that was saying he was hating and they were threatening his family. I can't believe that's it. Ri- that's ridiculous. Donnie wrote it. Why do we care that much? Okay, let's talk about it. Every restaurant that me and my family go to, we were either A, invited by the restaurant themselves, or B, was told about the restaurant a hundred plus times from locals, from people who mention me, from people who email me, DM me. 99% of the time, I never go to a random restaurant. With that being said, my opinion was asked for. So many narratives being pushed, and it's insane to me. But let's be honest, what else do you want from me? If I go to a bunch of restaurants and have a string of good experiences, then I'm being too nice. I'm lying. The narrative is being pushed that my eye roll is fake and I'm lying just to help people. Then on the same hand, if I go to two or three restaurants where I don't have the best experience, now I'm tearing down businesses, now I'm being mean, now I need to shut up, now I need to mind my business, now I need to sit down. Again, I can't win for losing. I understand everybody going to have an opinion on the situation. You can disagree with me. You cannot like what I say. Completely understand. I'm okay with that. But when my safety and my family's safety start coming into play, that's where I draw the line at. But what can't happen is when my family or the restaurants or anybody's safety start coming into play. It's absolutely overboard. Rachel, did you want to, we're not, there's really not much more to talk about. Did there's, you want to walk back your statements about Keith Lee in any way? You want to give, no, give people a I chance don't. to? I don't. Stand on, I, we stand on business? I think it's ridiculous that people are resorting to threatening his family or him with any sort of violence. Like, why do we care so much? He's right. He does his, his business. He gives an opinion on restaurants, the food, the service, whatever it may be, the entire experience. And, and such is life when it comes to this type of profession. People are going to want, people are going to praise you. They're going to hate on you. People are going to say, oh, you did this, but why didn't you do this? You're right. You never can complete, please people. Excuse me. You can never please people. They hate you. Then they love you. Then they hate you again. It, it's what happens when you have a platform where you give opinions. I don't really have anything to say. I never want to talk about Keith Lee. Anyway. You don't want to talk about him again. You don't like it. <laughs> no, I just, I just can't believe that this story is this big of a deal. Now, what I will say, and I've admitted, I said it. It's almost like people didn't hear me the last time. I said that I am not as familiar with the Atlanta um, 
food business. I said my experience has not been bad. And a lot of people were like, oh, of course it hasn't been bad. You're the black uh, bachelorette. I've never even received preferential treatment when I've been in Atlanta. Never has anybody said, oh yeah, we're skipping you to the line or oh yeah, come right in. I just haven't had bad experiences when I've been. I said, that's my experience, but it does seem like it's a bigger issue. And I have seen other people talk about that this is a thing in Atlanta, but I don't know what you want my, y'all want me to say. I'm not going to take it back. Yeah. I mean, I you made, feel how you feel. Fuck I it. made all the disclaimers last time. I said I wasn't familiar with it. I said I didn't know. I I am not an elitist. Um, yes, I guess it doesn't help. It doesn't help. Ha- why? Why? Because I was at the... Because I was at the Lakers game. You're on the, <laughs> of course. You're on that, I mean, you was just on the. You was just on, 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 sitting courtside, it your was feet on the god to me. Yeah, like everything else in your life has been. Oh, whoa, <laughs> jokes. Um, look, look. Here's the thing. There's mad people that that had racial same opinion, guys. There's mad people that has been like it's a big deal. Here's the thing. It's really not that big a big deal. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. I personally like to see black people treated nice by other black people. But there's also something else I'll say because I want to throw a topic in. Black people need to prioritize treating black people well that that, that patronize these businesses, true. But true. we also sometimes need to have a little bit more patience with one another as we're doing our thing. If a restaurant doesn't do to go on the weekends because their staff and their kitchen can't handle it, when Candy came out and she said that, I said, like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. It goes both ways. It just depends on how you view patronizing businesses and stuff in your community. If it's important to you, then you'll do it. And if the black customer, you'll do it and you'll have patience. And if the black customer is important to you, the black business is important to you, then you'll treat them like they matter. That's it. Keith Lee was just talking about it. We're going to have Keith Lee on the podcast. I reached out to him. No, but there's nothing more to say. There is more to say. I want to hear from Keith Lee. Keith Lee is on Rolling Stone. Keith, this is the beginning of Keith Lee. Keith Lee is one of the most powerful men in culture. I fuck with him. <laughs> Keep these corporations. I can't believe you take the you take the side of capitalism over the people. It's goddamn Please. crazy. Um, I wanna I wanna can I throw a wild card topic in there? Sure. It's porn related. Oh my god. Donnie, what do you think? Go for it. Donnie's What's curious. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear the enthusiasm? God. <laughs> Damn, freaking sweet, 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 booty, booty boy. He's back. He's back. Yeah, sweetie, booty boy. Donnie, you want to turn your camera on for this? Yeah, Donnie, turn your camera on, bro. Since you it's was- dark. I'm outside. It's cold. Ooh. I don't even know if y'all can see me. Donnie. <laughs> I love it, Donnie. I love it. Uh, I Donnie, love what it. the fuck, bro? <laughs> Donnie, come on, <laughs> Donnie, why you look like you about to carry some kids to school? Come on, y'all. I'll carry y'all to school. Kids to school. I washed my hair He today. looks like yeah. he's about to cross the base of Dixon. I thought, yeah, I, was, I thought it was a Harriet Tubman joke yeah. coming. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, so look, I want to tell you guys a quick story. Do you have time for a quick story? Yes, It's Go quick. Ahead. It's going to be quick. So, when I was first on TMZ, I used to say shit. Mm-hmm. I might have told this story before. Okay. And I didn't think about the things I was saying as far as how it would affect individual people or like overall concepts. What I started to learn at the end of my time at TMZ is rather than call out an individual, make whatever your criticism is, is about, about the concept of whatever it is. 
So not this person doing this, but this thing as it relates to the story. Because okay. sometimes you don't know what someone's going through. You don't know the whole deal. And when you're on television, you're having a, a, a lot of power to, to like fuck up somebody's life. And let me tell you how I learned that. I learned that doing a porn story. Okay. So there's a porn star. Her name is Alexis Texas. All right. Back in the day, I learned that she wouldn't work with black talent. Would not? Wouldn't work with black male talent. Okay. Okay. So I went on TMZ and I thought it would be a funny question to ask somebody on the street. I was like, uh, I think I was Jason Patrick or somebody I caught. And I went, um, yo, I just found out that one of my favorite porn stars doesn't do scenes with black guys, can I still watch this person's stuff? It's way back in the day. It's like maybe like 2011 or something like that. I was fairly new to the newsroom. But whenever I would do stuff like that, like Harvey and the rest of the people would love it because they didn't have anybody with that type of sick mind that was working out <laughs> there sh shooting celebrities. So he laughs. He goes, hey, man, do whatever your heart desires. And then when it gets back into the newsroom, Harvey goes crazy. He's like, what? They don't do what? They won't work with everyone. He had never heard of that. And in porn, there are these types of divisions. There's sometimes either racism or uh, classism or whatever that exists in porn. Some people won't work with certain talent based upon this. There was a whole conversation on Twitter not too long ago because there was one girl that said she wouldn't work with a guy that had worked with other guys. Meaning mm. if you were a guy and you did yeah. uh, gay porn, she wouldn't, she wouldn't shoot straight porn with you because she felt like that was unsafe. And then other people were coming back and saying, well, if people are going to AIM, which is the place where they go to get tested, and they're getting tested every 10 to 14 days, mm -hmm. then you know that this guy is not he doesn't have anything. So what's the real reason that you wouldn't work with somebody that that works with other men? Because sometimes the male talent, just like the female talent, works with men and with women. Anyway, mm -hmm. so we got on there and we did this. We did this whole scene. We did this whole thing. It was a big deal. Like TMZ blew the story up. Like, oh, famous porn star that doesn't work with black guys and why they don't work with black guys and why this doesn't happen and boom, 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 boom. And they kind of made it about her rather than about the issue being about whether or not there's racism in porn, which there definitely is based upon the consumer of porn, which if you're a white girl and you work with black guys to some white guys, that automatically sort of changes the way that they view you. Okay. Uh, I ended up actually having a, what I would say would be like a little, like a static with this particular porn star, Alexis Texas for a while. And it, I met her one time and we talked about it. It was a whole thing. It's actually one of my neighbors. And so it's, it's, a, it's a thing. First of all, something just happened. The Twitter sphere is going crazy. It's trending on Twitter right now because Alexis Texas has done her first scene with a black man. It finally happened. A lot of people are looking at this and they're going, wow, this is a moment that we never thought would happen. You, you're not in the life. You the don't do life? this. No. Nah, you're not, you're not with it, right? I can tell. You're from the high plains. I'm wondering what the people on this call think 
Not necessarily about the fact that she's working with male talent now. It's her business and the whole deal. What do you guys think about racial boundaries on sexual Congress in porn and other stuff like that? Would you consider somebody to be, I'm just wondering what you regular people think, non-porn watchers would think. Would you consider somebody to have a race problem if they said, I won't work with a certain race? Why does she say she wouldn't work with black men? So I never actually was able to ask the question. Um, I never asked her, but normally this is somebody who's definitely had relationships with black men in real life, like for like. For real. Like everyone knows that. Like she definitely had relationships and dealt with black men in real life, had no problem with any of that stuff like that. But as far as it is on screen, I think there is or was for those big white contract girls. And she's not the only girl that was like oh, that. Oh, she's white. She's white. Yeah. In my mind, I thought she was black. That would be crazy. I true. I'm so glad. That's interesting. I That's an her interesting. Up. That's because an I, interesting view into your mind. I thought she was black. Alexis, yeah. uh, when I think of Alexis, I don't know why I think black. Yeah. That's Alexis, Texas. That you thought that, though. Wow. Okay. I just thought okay, Alexis, cool. Texas, and I thought, it makes a lot oh, of, It makes a lot of sense in a way. Um, shut up. So well, what do you think? What do you think about that? I feel like, uh, well, Rachel asked a good question, which I think it matters. It does. Uh, her reasoning why. Um, if it's a business know, thing, if, if if it's a business thing, because for most for most of the girls, it's a business thing. It's like you do this because it changes the way it restricts your audience or whatever. It changes the way you're perceived. If it's a business thing, does that make you racialistics? Uh, I don't know, because I have heard that that the you can get you're like uh, asking or uh, your your value, the money that you are. Uh, able to get can go down it goes down once you work with a, a black person a black Isn't that man fucking I've heard that that's crazy a that's a thing yeah. that was a thing and in that case because it is a business decision i feel like i i i can respect not respect it but i get it you understand like, I, it. I, I won't yeah i understand it i don't look at them as uh they're making a business choice as opposed to them making a a choice from like their racist rotten heart rachel what do you think I mean, I guess I agree with Donnie. It's like, did do we expect her to say, no, I'm going to stand up for this and I'm going to have sex with black men because it's the right thing to do? <laughs> or does she know that she could have an advantage in her career? I'm not saying that that's right, but it's like, you know, as I'm starting off in this industry where the odds are kind of against you because people already have a certain stereotype when it comes to sex workers, then she's trying to do everything that she can to succeed. And it's that, and, and from what you're saying, as far as the industry works, I don't know if it's still that way, but at this time it was that it lowered her value, which says more about the industry than it does about her, to be honest with yeah. you. So the porn is like porn is mad racist. And I'm it's not like aware of that. I'm not aware. Oh, because they're, there's so many racist kinks in porn, right? There was this girl, she used to have a website, it was springthomas.com. And at first, Spring Thomas, the, the website was about the fact that she was a very small white girl and she would have sex with these gigantic log-having niggas, right? 
And then after a while, that got boring. So she just started doing stuff where she would be calling these guys the N-word while they were be having sex with her. And it was this whole thing. And the dudes, I always wondered, the guys that would be on it, it would just be weird. There's a whole And you watched race it? Kink- no. When it started that, I got off it. I never really liked that type of stuff. It's just too small, hope- but I just knew... I knew of it because I was in the life. I was Let me on tell the you what boards. I know. Way more about porn than I want to because you See? give me this history about it to, t- to talk about it. Listen, we can do a deep dive into the racism of it. Like I learned, I didn't know about the, the Matt Healy watching that. What was that? What was that site called? Girl Gaggers! So, yeah, I think more than Alexis, Texas, it says more about the industry. But obviously, I would imagine that that still reigns true. And she feels like she's because you said this is 2011. So here she is 12 years later, clearly has longevity in this industry and feels like she's at a place. She's at a place. That's a that's a good one. It's 12 years a slave. (laughs) You could do that whole parody. She's in a place where she feels like it won't work against her. To do Maybe it's a sign or, that the industry's changed. Nice lady, or, by the way. Or a super nice lady. It's not a sign that the industry's changing. She just realized. I I bet somebody offered her a lot of money. Said like, "Hey, you stood against this. You said you wouldn't do it. You were because she didn't have to come out right and say it. She could have just not been with black men, but she said it. I bet she got offered a lot of money to do this. Well, you actually, do she never really different? said it. People just people just noticed it. So they were really, like, "You want really you want to do something different to get attention?" And here we are talking about it, and we're clip. I mean, from time to time, I guess we dabble in porn due to van. But someone said, you know what? You should do this. So I don't even know if I'm going to big up her. She probably got a huge payday for it. Got something huge, all right. She worked with Dread. I don't know what anyway. that means. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, um, this podcast sometimes is a how-to guide. How to navigate porn based on your recommendations you know and what? your I suggestions. Just say, I just want to say something real quick. Everybody loosen up. All right? It's, it's everybody loose. Everybody can get loose, man. Show to get loose. No, it's not that big of a deal. People people do it. People watch it. Say people that. go through it. We just, like, I'm not into as much talking about it on this podcast. I didn't say it wasn't, people can do whatever they want to do. It's just, is it higher learning? I don't know. It's yeah. van. But this was, a, this, was a, this was a this was this was this was more about race. Speaking of something about stuff that we know about, we got to talk about uh, standard entertainment. Erica Mina, um, can you explain what's going on? Because I don't really know what's going on with this story. I mean, okay, I don't know if it was weeks or a couple of months ago. Erica Mina made we talked about it on this podcast. I mean, it was huge yeah. news because she was in a verbal disagreement with Spice and they were both, you know, going at each other, yelling at each other, calling each other all kinds of names. Play it. it, Do you have that? You have the original? Yes, I hate you! Yes, I hate you, bitch! You monkey! You blue monkey! All right. Spice was wearing a blue outfit during this um, argument and and once it aired on social media, I mean, once it aired on TV, social media of course, was upset in the fact that Erica Mena had called Spice a blue monkey. Spice had come out and said she didn't even hear Erica say that in a moment. It was a producer who related to her later, which is why she didn't address it in the moment. 
Um, but nothing had been done to Erica until it aired. And there was this huge outrage about Erica Mena, Mena, about the fact that she has children with a black man, about the fact that she is so entrenched in the black community and has so many people that follow her and support her and uplift her. And majority of her fame, if not all of it, is due to entrenching herself in the black community. So it was a big deal when it happened. Subsequently, Erica Mena was fired um, and she sat down with Carlos King to do an interview. Carlos King, if you're not familiar with him, he now has done his own thing. He has a podcast. He's created several shows, but he got his start, at least from what I'm aware of, as a producer on Bravo or with a production company that works with Bravo on certain housewives, so, uh, housewife shows, Atlanta, New Jersey. So he sat down with Erica Mena, and this is what Erica had to say about what happened surrounding that firing. See, when it happened, I knew I f- that day. Well, then I was filming for months and months and months, and, and I just was like, oh, I knew this day was coming, but I wasn't expecting it to be this bad. And that's okay. What's not okay is how, if this was as bad as the network says it is, why wasn't I let go a long time ago? Mm. Which, in my opinion, is a good point. This was on tape. This happened months ago. Everybody was aware that she called Spice a blue monkey. Why didn't they do anything? Van, you think they have a good reason for that? I mean, they, they ended up, when it happened, they fired her pretty quickly after the outrage. And Mona uh, Scott Young took to her social media and said, handled. And that was it. But why wasn't it handled when it happened? What were you waiting because for? They, they were waiting to get the views from the show. People would have watched it, it regardless. It. They were waiting. They didn't want to blow whatever was happening on the no. show. Okay. I'm. I'm sorry. If you had, if if they had said Erica Main has been fired, because this happens. Mm-hmm. I see. I watch a lot of reality TV. Controversial shit happens. And you hear about it before it airs and everybody tunes in to watch it because they want to see how it goes down even more. So if it was about clicks, which I'm sure some of it has to to do with that, but if it was about views, you leak that before and people are going to come in and watch it. Even if she's fired from it, they're not going to boycott it. They're going to watch it. I would have watched it. I don't even watch Love and Hip Hop anymore, but I would have watched it to been like, damn, she said this. Let me see how this went down. So I guess then. Um, the thing is, is that you're saying that they didn't care until they saw the backlash from it. I, Erica never would have been. I will stay. I will die on this hill. Erica would not have been fired if there was not a demand for her firing, because Erica Mena, if you want to talk about money and you want to talk about views, she is a huge part of the love and hip hop franchise. She started out in New York. She's now in. Is this Atlanta or Miami? I don't know. I think it's Atlanta. She's now on a, on a whole hop to a whole nother city. She's a huge following on social. She had a very public, um, volatile relationship with Safari. People like to watch Erica. She's Safari. a moneymaker. Yeah. They didn't want to fire her because of what she brings to that franchise. And All right, now let me give you an example of something here. Go ahead. Talked about this a little bit. For full disclosure, everybody knows that Mona Scott Young is 
a homie of mine. I did hip hop homicides with Mona Scott Young and Fifty Cent. Uh, so I know Mona. But let me let me give you an example of something. And I want to know how you think this 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 actually compares. Okay. So initially, when Ray Rice popped his wife, he was given a two game suspension, right, and a diversion program, or something like that. Mm-hmm. The diversion program, I think, was to get away from any jail time because it gave you a little diversion program. So I got two games suspension, diversion program. Uh, there had been an altercation. People knew that there was an altercation, but the diversion program was what they did with it. Well, at TMZ, uh, we got the video at the time. We put the video together. It took a long time to put the video together, but when we put the video together, we released the video. People then saw the slap, which no one had seen. I'm right. not sure whether or not the, M- the NFL had seen the video yet. I'm, I-, I can't remember. Maybe they I did. I thought they had. I thought they had. Maybe. Maybe they had. Maybe they had. Maybe they did see. Okay. I, I, I really don't remember. Maybe they had. But they, in any case, they knew that he had assaulted his wife. And so after um, we put the video out, Ray Rice was then basically done. Suspended for a very long time, uh, cut, kicked off the team. I can't remember like directly what happened to him, but he never played again. Okay. A lot of people had an issue with that. They thought that the league didn't take the uh, the domestic violence serious enough mm-hmm. at first. All right. Here's the thing about it. Under the guidelines that the league set for domestic violence, even after that, Ray Rice would have either got a six-game suspension or like a 12-game suspension, mm-hmm. if I remember the guidelines um, specifically. Uh, Donnie, you can look that up, but I think the most you get is like a year, but he would got six games or 12 games. Mm-hmm. So there would be no amount of games that um, Ray Rice could have gotten that would have been an appropriate enough penalty for slapping the shit out of his wife. Right. There's, the only thing you can do is set a guideline in that situation so that you have a Bible by which to deter people from doing that, right? You're going to lose six games. You're going to lose a year. You're going to lose that. But even like losing a whole season uh, for an NFL player punching the shit out of their wife, you know, it's like whatever, right? Nigga go to jail. Um, the public outrage was a key component to that and it needed to be a key component to that because the league needed to see how their audience and audiences outside of the core football audience reacted to seeing something like that. Mm-hmm. The league actually needed to see it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure that the league doesn't want to have to suspend all of these guys that get in trouble, but in order to set guidelines, it was important for the ecosystem of football, for the ecosystem of the NFL, for them to see that they couldn't get away with that. So, sure, they might have been too lenient in the first place, but the audience's reaction to that is a key component engaging. Because remember, for me, I'm not looking at a corporation to be moral. I'm not looking at anyone to say, hey, that's wrong. You got to go sit down. Sure. They're going to think about their bottom line. I kind of look at this in the same way. Like what everything that you just said about Erica Mina is probably the reason why they didn't suspend her. And I don't really have that big of a problem with that. She called her that. If you are not, the, they beat each other up on the show. They do all kinds of shit on the show. They talk all kinds of crazy shit on the show. So, 
if they weren't going to kick her off the show because of that, that really doesn't bother me that much. Now, once the audience sees it, now you have to do something because that's directly, directly the people that watch your show and, and come back and make your show a success. So if they've had it with a character because of something that a character said or had it with the person because of something that the person said, then yeah, you do got to go handle it. But I don't necessarily think that there's a moral high horse to stand on about them not having fired her before. So here's the thing. According to the way you're putting it, Mona Scott Young is the corporation. And she cared about her bottom line, her dollar, at the end of the day. I agree with all of that. I think that there should, we should hold them to a higher standard, but we know at the end of the day, it's about money. She should have been fired back then, but she wasn't. Maybe, maybe they weren't going to show that to us. That's also what I, like, if I had the opportunity to to talk to Mona Scott Young, I would say, you knew this was there. Why Why didn't you remove it? Why did you decide to air that episode? We could have never even known about this. Well, I mean, think about what you're saying now. I'm not saying that's okay. I'm just saying corporations hide shit all the time. I know, but that actually cuts against the fact that they do anything to protect her. She said it, put it out. They could have took it out. And this is my biggest beef with the whole situation. I agree with everything that you said about it's about money. It's about protecting your franchise. It's about continuing it for it to go further and further so you can gain from it. What I didn't like is you big upping yourself and giving yourself a pat on the back for what you should have done months ago. I had an issue with Mona Scott posting handled like we should all be applauding Mm. her for what you did. Girl, you should have done that months ago. I know, but they asked for it. And now so she's saying no, but don't no, just do it. Right. You don't need to take to social media so everybody can applaud you for what you should have done already. That's all mm. I'm saying. Well, we do we applaud the NFL for what they should have done originally? No, like we're not going to applaud you now. Yes. Well, but the but the NFL definitely. But, but so the NFL, we're not going to applaud them, right? No. But all of these sports leagues, the NFL, all of these people are definitely going to take a victory lap once they get rid of these. Sure, bad people. and I don't like uh, the, that. The NBA after they got rid of Donald Sterling, they definitely were like, "Hey, look what we did." Absolutely. Like, look what we did. Donald Sterling is gone. But you know why they're doing that? They're doing that to let the fans know that they gave them what they wanted. They're doing that to say, hey, look, you guys said you don't want no racist owners, even though we knew this motherfucker was racist mm-hmm. for the last 30 years. You guys now know you guys aren't OK with it. OK, he's gone. Boom. We did that. And everybody's going to do that in that situation. Everybody's going to be like, hey, you guys say you don't like this particular person. You don't like them, blah, 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 blah. They're gone. If we want to say you should have done it before, yeah, you probably should have done it before. But honestly, they don't care. It's political. It's political, like the humanitarian pause. The humanitarian pause. (laughs) Okay, look, real quick. There's a potential cure for sickle cell coming out. This is big news for the black community, man. No, it's huge. Sickle cell affects so many of uh, so many people. On, black on people. On Tuesday, look at you. On Tuesday, advisors to the FB, FDA expressed few concerns about gene therapy for the inherited blood disorder, which in the U.S. affects mostly black people. 
Okay, it's a whole big deal here. It's could very painful. Affects a lot of black people. I remember going to the Leo Butler Community Center in Baton Rouge and being tested to see whether or not we had the sickle cell trait and watching my mom wait with bated breath to have something else to fixate over about whether or not we had the sickle cell trait. Do you know why black people get sickle cell? I do not. Donnie, do you know? I do, but it's because of this article. I didn't before today. Malaria. Really? Yeah. Yep, I watched the whole thing on it. I could make an argument that there's a connection between malaria, between sickle cell, and between the muscle density and explosion of West African athletes. All three of those things are connected. Mm. Boom, 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 boom. Sickle cell is actually your blood trying to fight the malaria pathogen. Most places in the world, not just in Sub-Saharan Africa, where there's a high incidence of uh, malaria, there's a high incidence of sickle cell. Trying to, your blood, sickle cell pathogen lives inside of the red blood cell. Mm. So the red blood cell gets a little crazy. Your body doesn't know that you're going to fucking move to Boston and live your life there. You know, your body doesn't know that this and but sickle cell stays around. Now we fucking got sickle cell. This is crazy shit, man. Donnie, is that what they said in the article? It is. It is. And like, uh, it said it in more bullet pointed form. It didn't include the Boston aspect of it. uh, (laughs) Shut up. And then some people would say that because our blood is, is, is less oxygenated because that, you know, that our, our blood fibers are denser, more built for explosion. Boom! Run! Jump! Then thinner waste because of the heat that exists in Africa. Mesomorphic. Like, these are all things that Jimmy the Greek, Jimmy the Greek said them, but he's just said them in the wrong way. It's not like they're not true. Meanwhile, the Kenyans, persistence hunters, they run after their food for a very long time at mm. altitude over years and years and years and years. They're great distance runners. Learn about your fucking culture and your peoples, man. Mailback time, motherfucker. Mailback time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailback time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. Mark Turntables asks, Van, if you had an unlimited budget to make a meal for Rachel to expand her palate and that she might enjoy, what would you make? I'm not doing it. I'm not Why? doing it. Why? <laughs> I don't want I don't want her to enjoy it. I'm glad Why? for her. I don't want you to enjoy food. You know, this is what we're gonna do. I do enjoy some food. I don't want to make it seem like I'm sitting around here not eating. I do enjoy food. We're I reached out to Keith Lee. I, I DM'd Keith Lee and I asked Keith Lee to come on the podcast. Keith Lee said he's coming on the podcast. Okay, here's the thing. When Keith Lee comes on the podcast, I want to do a food eating segment with Keith Lee and Rachel. I got it. Let's try it and rate it one through 10. I okay, want but I, Rachel but I to have eat to have food dis- with Keith Lee. I have to have disclaimers. I my My pickiness is tied to textures. So there can't be certain things that are of a texture that I can't eat. I will gag. I will throw up. I'm sorry. Man, you will come eat, on. You will, you will eat what 
Keith Lee no. decides that he wants I have a dairy aversion and I have there's textures oh, no. that I can't handle. Come on, let's be honest, man. We some niggas. Ain't nobody fucking with no dairy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They doing? do. They just right. suffer on the back end. Yeah, on the yeah, oh. it's true. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly that's, that's exactly true. That's true. That's true. Next question. All right, quitting Twitter. As all of these are food based, just so y'all know, uh, is there a scenario where you wouldn't tip at a restaurant? Um, I would no. never not tip a black person. You're always gonna get something. No, I've not tipped people. Really? Really? It's like happened like. Once, maybe twice. Yeah. You're always going to get something, but the level just goes down. It starts off at 25, 30%. I have a friend who does and, this. <laughs> and the level just, it, I mean, it starts off there. Everybody gets the benefit of the doubt, and then the level just goes down. It doesn't go up. So, what if I, on the receipt, it has, it's one of those situations where you see that they labeled you as like nigger or black <laughs> or like, are you still tipping them then? According to Van, Van, Van. I probably would give him something. If it said blue would, monkey on the receipt. Maybe like 40 cents and a mule or something. I don't know. <laughs> you probably going to get something. That's crazy, though. I'll probably be pissed off. Yo, what's up with this, this blue monkey shit? It's a great question, Donnie. It's a great follow-up. Yeah. It has to be outrageous I, for me. Like That could be bad. But I, I, I mainly tip because to beat the stereotype that we don't. That's usually yeah. why, regardless, I'm going to tip. It has to be crazy for me not to. There are certain examples of, like, Black people being stingy. I noticed that, like, when I'm walking around and people asking for money and stuff, they ask me less. Sometimes I feel played. I used to feel played, but I don't feel played now. I was walking to 7-Eleven. This dude sent out 7-Eleven. Three straight people walk in. He goes, yo, can I have, buy me some chips, buy me some chips. Buy me some chips. I walk by. He just gave me a head nod. And they was like, I know that broke ass nigga ain't got no chip money. He looked like he doing bad himself. Is that what you think he did it? That's, that's, I know that's why. Did I you give him money why. anyway? Yep. I came out and I hit him up with the fiber. I hit him with the fiber. He looked like Jesus had just come back. All right, well, Donnie, what's the last one? All right, last one is from October's very own. Which American city has the best no, food no, scene? No, 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 We're not doing this. <laughs> you shouldn't have named him. No. That's so rude. Man, we're, that's we're, we're so not, rude. We're, we're not dick glazing, man. We, we don't, we're not a dick glazing podcast on... on Donnie, on ask the question. Don't do no, that to this uh -uh. thought warrior. No, we're not dick glazing. Maybe, okay, so this is from Reddit. Maybe this is like one of those situations where Reddit gave them that name. And nah, they didn't pick hell it. nah. Unless that's <laughs> that's that's got to be actually Drake. I'm, that's got to be actually Drake because you glazing, you glazing that man. I knew it was gonna be a problem. You glazing that man, dick. Get off that nigga, dick, man. I fuck with you, whoever you are. I'm glad you listening to the podcast. Get off Drake, nuts. That's it. Podcast over. We can't ask your question. <laughs> so so rude. <laughs> we. Right, right, don't stop. Don't stop. Yeah. That's it. You gotta go. <laughs> Take the cast off. Stop learning. They took them off I... at porn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's been a rough podcast. They took them off. It has been midway through. It's, it's a light. It's a light podcast. We'll come back. We'll come back together on Monday. <laughs> I got a big weekend. All right. 
That's probably all they heard. Mm-hmm. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>